0: and welcome to the first edition for 2021 of the Village Chestnut Tree, a podcast about the American chestnut and occasionally other trees in trouble. I'm your host, Emmett Hoops, and I'll be with you for the next 10 to 15 minutes talking about one of my favorite things in the world, the restoration of the American chestnut to its natural habitat. Anyway, um, let me first explain my hiatus. I was, along with everyone else, profoundly affected by the COVID uh, pandemic that we are just getting through, fortunately. And between my job, I am a teacher, between that and just coping with the daily stress of managing life under those circumstances. Well we didn't have a face-to-face meeting of the New York chapter of the American Chestnut Foundation last October um, and as a result there weren't as many chestnuts and uh, there weren't as many chestnuts that were distributed because we didn't get together and uh, it wasn't a particularly good harvest. There were many things that just there were many things that were just (laughs) uh, insane Um, talks that uh, that i had that were scheduled that could not go on um, meetings that could not be held um, visits that i could not make and this is true of anyone else um, in in the country in the world for that matter so uh, I hope to get on a fairly regular footing here, try to get a podcast out at least once a month. Anyway, let me tell you, the, uh, the subject is occasioned by the fact that I have my favorite little chestnut that I have growing out in my yard. It, um, last year, oddly enough, I think it was, uh, <laughs> it might have been uh, worried about COVID. Because la- the, the year before, in 2019, it had a few. C- and then last year it was taller but didn't have any. And this year I have about 40 of them. So I'm going to have to uh, try to bring uh, collect some of the pollen that uh, comes from these. And it it caused me to think about some of the calls and emails that I've gotten over the past few months which have been mostly confined to identifying chestnut trees. Um, Some people are growing a chestnut and they think it's a horse chestnut, or a Chinese chestnut, or a European chestnut, um, or a chinkapin or an American chestnut, or a Dunstan chestnut, and what's the difference between a Dunstan chestnut and an American chestnut? And the confusion is 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 further exacerbated by the fact that some people in nurseries are selling chestnuts that are not american chestnuts that are i they're they're being identified as american chestnuts but in fact they're not they could be a Dunstan chestnut which is really mostly a chinese tree and that the very fact that there are so many different cultivars uh, I mean, and and so many uh, kinds of, of of chestnut. Even without the 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 hybridization that we have, even without that, it would be confusing. Because everyone who lives in the mid south, say in Missouri, has uh, probably seen a chinkapin, which looks like a miniaturized American chestnut, sort of. And even the nuts are very small, but it is in the uh, the same family as the chestnut. The chestnut that grows in China is in the same family. It's a it's a, a species with wide distribution. Anyway, what I wanted to do is have an expert uh, manage this information, and I. Turn to the new, uh, the American Chestnut Foundation's Chestnut Chat series that they have on YouTube, and I'll give you a little bit more information about that in just a bit. The speaker, Sandra Anagnostakis, the emeritus agricultural scientist of the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station in New Haven, Connecticut, and I will let her speak through her chestnut chat and then I'll come back and uh, we can wrap things up
1: okay here we go I'm going to uh, start out by noticing that since we're talking about hybrids and cultivars I thought I should give a few definitions just to make sure everybody understands what we're talking about when we say hybrids that means a cross between two different or more species. Now, the genus Castania has species all around the world in the temperate zone. There's one species in uh, Europe, one species in Japan and North Korea. There's at least three if not more species in China. And there are at least five species native to the United States. Now, people don't think about that very often, but those are a lot of species that are available in the genus Castania. And unlike what you learned in biology, uh, you were told that species couldn't cross with each other. But in the genus Castania, all of the species can cross. So that means we can get hybrids between the species. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about. And then then we have cultivars. A cultivar is a clone. Um, Castania, for the most part, you can't root cuttings and if you can't root cuttings, how do you clone a tree? Well, you have to graft it onto acceptable root stock. And the, uh, the process of grafting is not always easy, but you can graft hybrids or cultivars, uh, hybrids that are known cultivars onto a root stock and get those to grow. Those are called ramets the original cultivar is called the ortet so we have the original cultivar the ortet and then all of its grafted offspring which are ramets so how do you name a cultivar first of all you have to have a tree that you think is really outstanding and you want to make sure that everybody can grow this tree and appreciate it, so you're willing to distribute its ramets, its grafted clones, and you graft a whole bunch, you make sure that the grafts are going to succeed, and then you look at my list on my webpage, which I'll show you at the end, and there's a list of all of the named cultivars that are accepted by the International Society of Horticultural Science. Um, So you look at that list and you say, I wanna call my, my cultivar Betsy's favorite, which is a little awkward. So you look at the list and nobody has named something Betsy's favorite. So you send me the information and I discuss it with you and suggest maybe just Betsy would be easier. Nobody's named something Betsy, so you're allowed to name your cultivar Betsy. And uh, you send me the information that this tree has been cloned, you have grafted it, the grafts are succeeding, preferably for more than three years, and have produced nuts. And then I will add cultivar Betsy to the list of accepted cultivars. So you can have a cultivar, which is a hybrid. I would like to know what the, what the, the background of that hybrid is. If you don't know, you can guess and tell me what you think it is. But it can, a cultivar can also be a pure species so that's the difference, you see, between hybrids and cultivars. We have cultivars that are hybrids, and cultivars that are pure species.
0: I hope you found that as informative as I found that. Uh, it does in much more succinctly than I, than I could explain why there are so many of these trees that proliferate among people who love chestnuts and want to see them restored. The easiest thing that I could say for more information is to go on YouTube and look for this particular video. It's called Chestnut Chat, Historic Importations and Chestnut Cultivars. And it's uh, it's got lots of nice pictures that I can't show in a podcast. And <laughs> the simplest way for you to identify a chestnut that you are not sure of um, is to send a leaf and possibly a seed if you can find one to and maybe even a photograph of the bark to a member of the chapter that for the state that you live in or for the province that you live in that way will be uh, There's also a Facebook group if you look for the American chestnut foundation if you look for um, American chestnut in the uh, in Facebook you can find the group uh, chestnut restoration and you can post your pictures to that group and uh, there's a, a lot of folks up there are very helpful you'll get an answer very quickly but the the idea uh, that I want to leave you with is that all of these activities and all of this research requires a lot of volunteer hours and uh, we'd love to have you join us if you just go online and look for the American Chestnut Foundation become a member and by sending in your annual dues you will automatically become a member of your local uh, affiliate affiliate of the Chestnut Foundation and we put out a nice glossy magazine and your chapter will put out newsletters so and there's always uh, informative emails that come out uh, maybe once a month once every few two months and we have Uh, annual meetings where you can meet other chestnut enthusiasts and uh, possibly identify that tree that's been (laughs) making you scratch your head so much. Anyway, uh, oh, I've gone all the way to almost 12 minutes on this one, and uh, I don't like going over that too much. I I get uh, terribly wordy. I hope you learned something from this podcast and that you continue to uh, show an interest in the American Chestnut and that you learn more about the restoration efforts that you can find out more about by looking at the uh, American Chestnut Foundation's website. So thanks for listening and as I have said for a few years on this podcast now, be like a tree and keep looking up.